All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, today we've got another interesting case here. This is this is a first for us. We have an actual daughter trying to figure out who her father is. Coming to the stage, Zora Matthews. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. But who is the father? Zora, through a seemingly haphazard science experiment at her, her local high school, figured out that her blood type is not the same. And so she broke into a sperm bank and found this man, Hal Jackson. Hey there. Ah, you know you love it. You know you love it. Hey there. Hey there. Hal, Hal's Fords in Oakland, California, in case you're wondering. Well, Zora, let's just break it down. So you found out that you didn't have the blood type of your of your father and mother. And so your initial reaction was to break into the sperm bank to find out who your real father was? Yes, that is right, Maury. And what did you find? Well, I went on the computer in the back, you know, and I just started doing some research. I started, I had to, I had to look as quickly as possible. I had to get in and I had to get out. And there was Hal Jackson. So I went and found who Hal Jackson was and it turned out he was our local car salesman. So Zora, I do have to point this out. I just want to make sure that you're aware of this. Hal Jackson is a white man and you are a black woman. What do you think happened? Um, ooh, that's a tough question, Mari. Um, you know, a lot of people say I look light-skinned. Now, this is just, you know, the position of the sun during the day or, you know, what type of jeans I'm wearing. You know, some people don't really know. Mm -hmm. Some people aren't looking at the entirety that is Zora Matthews. You know, I'm going to MIT. I got a big brain. Well, you know, it's, yeah, that, that paperback test is no joke. Uh, how, what would it mean to you to have not just a daughter, but a black daughter? Mari, you know what? I want to be honest with you. It means a lot. I've learned so much from this little girl about the atrocities, cruel hardships of the world. But also, it's probably the only situation where I could get with a woman like Sarah. So, you know, I, I, I put myself in that position. All right. Well, oh, looks like the envelope is here. We have the results of the paternity test. Oh. So oh, are you ready? Oh. How are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. In the case of Hal Jackson, you are not the father. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, did you know? Whoa. Do you know how much MIT costs? My God. My God. Oh, oh man. Oh. Sarah, why she had to be so smart? Jesus. Well, Zora, we do have one last surprise for you, though. <gasps> you do? Would you like to know who your real father is? Yes, of course. Of course. This will clear up so much confusion. Well, then, come on out, Ice tea. Yeah, that's tight. <laughs> Don't look me in the eyes, Zora. Well, uh, Ice tea. is there anything that you'd like to say to your daughter after all these years finally reuniting with her? Damn, there's a lot of people here. Wow. I didn't think there was going to be so many people here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Zora, um, 
this is kind of unexpected for me. Um, but yes, I will father you properly, financially and emotionally. You are now entitled to all of my residual checks from um, New Jack City. Yes, you can get that one. Uh, henceforth. That's it. Well, you know, family. That's all we got. Yeah. And that's all we got today for this episode of Mori, but we'll see you next time. All right, where's my where's my trailer? I don't get a trailer. I'm gonna fuck some niggas up. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we got one that's just I'm scratching my head at, you know, <laughs> you know watching it. But, but before we even get into it, like, I, I, I'm I, not an Apple person, you know what I mean? Not necessarily by Fair. choice, just because yeah. it's where I, I fell in before everybody made, you know, life life defining decisions about technology that they use so like <laughs> i <laughs> didn't get in on the apple train but this movie is only available on apple tv apple tv that's so, right so not even apple plus like apple nope. tv and it required me to remember my itunes password that's right uh, go back Dig deep. And I had to deauthorize several computers in which you better deauthorize. <laughs> that this is a sacred off. piece of cinema. You better deauthorize. And then I had to give them three ninety nine to watch this movie. Actually, <laughs> so, damn, I, I did too. Shit, it's still. I think it's the only place that you otherwise because it's not even. Oftentimes, it's on like Amazon or you can YouTube get it on Amazon. Like At least Amazon place. or yeah. And you know. YouTube with the ads. I'll watch the ads. So I can't tell. We, if this we is... know Tubi provides. Oh, I, Tubi all the time. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. But... Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come with it. When I brought this movie, when I suggested this movie, um, it was on HBO Max. And I don't know why. It, I, I think it got yeah. purged from HBO Max in Damn. one of those secret purges. Because because <laughs> it is made by Warner Brothers and um, yeah and and I and I I saw it on HBO Max and then it wasn't there anymore so I too had yeah. to yeah maybe down money for this saw that it was still available and she was you like, did it <laughs> yeah did it to all of us man yeah <laughs> to all of us well, well that that third voice you hear there is our guest this week um, this is a. Uh, a dude I actually knew before we actually became friends. We worked together. He's an actor. He's a writer, director, real renaissance man in the in the craft right now. Um, you can catch him. Uh, what night is that? What night do, uh, does the show come on? Uh, it comes on Sunday nights at uh, nine, usually, depending on that's, if there's a football game still on or not. That's 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 East New York. Uh, on CBS, Sundays at 9, if you're not still watching the game. Uh, that's uh, Darian Sills Evans there. 
Hey. Applause, applause, applause. W- welcome. Thank yeah, you. applause, applause, applause. This Even guy, if this you guy are guy... watching a game, you should tune you should tune over to our show if you're because <laughs> the game will be on and just watch Yeah, get off of Paramount Plus. Everyone has more than one device. You can like you can you can multitask now and watch uh East New York for the culture. That's right. That's right you can for the culture. <laughs> yeah, for uh, the this culture. this this guy wrote me my first acting check. This is serious stuff, man. Gave me my first job. Saw the vision. Nice. So this is, right. this is a real honor. We're, I'm bringing I'm bringing it full circle as much as I can. I'm having you on my free podcast. I saw a young Cameron Mason audition for me many years ago. Was that like 2008? I think we did that picture, God and uh, yeah. and I thought this is a kid that I would like to pay as little money to as possible to be, <laughs> to guess, be in this Guess movie. what? Guess, guess what? You succeeded. Yeah, you did. You, <laughs> Here's a funny thing. You got a performance out of me too. You, 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 a I'm great surviving. And if and if you ever need another white savior movie, oh my god! I mean, Rivers does have oh a white god. savior thing in it, and mm. no, I'm no. surprised you've never brought it up. When you no. get around to doing the Rivers White Savior movie, I I would like to come back, even if it's oh, just please. to watch Cameron squirm through it, all god. of his scenes. Yes, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know no one has seen that movie other than the people who saw it that night at the theater and my my parents. Like Maybe it. in your world, but uh, <laughs> people see that movie all the time. I get I get hit up about that movie all the time. Oh my god, I yeah. Don't there's like want a few. To. There's like a few YouTube things about it too. Like no hell no. There's fan what things you know fan things that you you know that you're doing YouTube about. See, here's Probably the thing. Least. I managed to properly avoid that movie for, what, 2008? So I'm going on almost mm. 10 years. You need to, like, meet more gay people. Or 14 years. They, <laughs> like, gay, young young gay black men especially uh, approach me about that movie and uh, say how much, you know, it, it meant to them you know, wow. whenever, whenever they've seen it. Yeah. Uh, Keep that IMDb credit held up high, Cameron, with pride. Nah, man. You, I know. You, act, you You got all this shame. <laughs> well, you know what? It doesn't help. I'm, I'm the only one in the movie doing the dirt. I'm doing, I do the dirt in this movie. Like, he does. <laughs> he does. But I got you know I got You got I got a story. Before, I got a You got there before Moonlight. You got there before. I, I was, I was daylight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was daylight. Exactly. Um, I got a quick. I got a quick story as to how bad the dirt I did in this movie was. I'm gonna tell you. Like oh, this. okay. Uh, so we're there. There's a lot of um, harsh sexual stuff that happens in this movie, and um, <laughs> I'm really trying not to go into. Uh, and my character does all of it. Um, and so, so all of it ap- happens in one room. And the way you make movies is you shoot out locations. So all of my bad stuff happened in one day. And, um, you know, I'm trying to handle it as professionally as I can. You know, um, the other dude. Uh, Derek. Uh, what's his name? Derek. Derek Middleton. Great actor to the by the way. Um, you know, it was it was probably our first, like, real ass scene that we had, like, in our careers. So it was like, shit, we can't play it for chumps, you know, we gotta be serious about this. So, you know, we did it, you know, 
<laughs> we, I, I, you know, we, we, we we're, as professionals, we can be about it. You know, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beat you're, shit you're out of really, here. You're really underselling it because how old were you at the time? <laughs> um, I couldn't drink at the party. Okay. I was 20. So you're 20. So he's 20. I think Derek was probably 18 or something. And yeah. <laughs> You know, for two young actors who'd never really been in anything, and, you know, we threw you into the gauntlet, like, immediately, because the subject matter was extremely heavy, and, you know, this wasn't like some fluffy, you know, Good Burger movie (laughs) for your first movie. Mm -hmm. You guys had to get in there and, like, and get... I I wish it was Good Burger. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I wish it was, too. We would have made more money. But (laughs) you... But you still brought it, and uh, I think that you know that's that's the exciting thing about working with like young actors as a filmmaker for mm. me because you know you hire someone who's never done anything, and they're either going to sink or swim like right away. Mm. And you, mm. like you said, you guys just kind of like <laughs> went for it, and uh, <laughs> and and I mean we had no choice. Had no it was like all day was, was like going to be like. Unless we, you know. We sequestered you in the Catskills. It was like there wasn't like an easy trip home after that. So it was like yeah, we're shooting like five hours up from the city, like yeah. far ass away. Yeah. And honestly, on top of it, the the we shot in a trailer, and it was in the middle of a fucking field. Like you drove down to the, you could see the whole field from the top, yeah. And you just drove down to it like the like the drive up the prison, like that. Yeah, here we go. Let's go. But you guys know, so just be proud. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you it. You're um, proud of that. Tried. Proud of your own white savior movie resume. Oh man. But um, so we brought you here today for a reason, D. Uh, you you brought us a movie for us to watch. What movie did you ask us to watch this week? Well, it was tough because I went through your list, <laughs> and uh, you did have some choices. I, I, yeah, there was there were some choices there, and all of them were really super depressing. <laughs> And I did. You did hit me with like all the harsh dramas, all the tough dramas. Yeah. So, and I wanted to watch something that was less depressing, and turns out I was way wrong. So, because <laughs> yep. uh, we wound up watching uh, Made in America, uh, yep. directed by Richard Benjamin from uh, what is it, 1993. Three. So, I, I just got out of high school, I got out of 92. You had just gotten out of high yeah. school. Yeah, I remember when this. I remember well, when this movie came out because I, I assume I'm older than both of you guys. I mean, I know I'm older than you, Cameron. <laughs> but uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. What makes me feel young? You know, I just turned thirty-five. So wow, that's. And <laughs> we just talked about a fifteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old movie. So hey. you know, I just turned forty. Blink of an eye, man. Forty-eight. Woo. That's right, and you're the mayor of a city, so like you have th- you have accomplishments, man. Yeah, deputy mayor, but yeah, <laughs> deputy mayor. Let's hope you stay around. Let's hope you get reelected. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Word. How how does it feel to take take the um take office when our actual mayor is such a well, I'll say a rife source of inspiration? Uh, you know, I think it was meant to be. Because even when I <laughs> when I did the audition, I mean, I, I was just like, I'm just gonna try to channel mm. a little Eric Adams and uh, your boy, your, sw- your swagger. Yeah, your boy you know, swagger. he brought the swagger and this, and, you know, and so and that seemed to work. And he's a you know a very he continues to be a, a very loose 
uh, inspiration for the the work that I'm doing on ENY because we're you know. And if I do become mayor, I'm sure the comparisons will be inevitable if my character does actually become mayor. <clears throat> Maybe we'll put up a, a side-by-side comparison with <laughs> the front for, yeah. for everybody to it's see. Right. It's right. Kind of get them to shoot a scene of you late at night, just rolling up to random fruit carts and like <laughs> <laughs> hollering, at, hollering at girls as they walk by. Hey, what's up? You want some? You want some ice cream? No. What's your number? Where you live at? I know everybody. Um, well, this this movie is something because uh, for people who don't know the plot of the film it is Whoopi Goldberg Ted Danson Nia Long Nia Long has I mean we'll get into it in the five minutes but it, through it, the most contrived plot contrivance ever finds out that she <laughs> doesn't have the they white, didn't white have type. 23 and me man it <laughs> uh, finds out that she is she is um not that her father is not who she thought it was. Um, she finds her. out she doesn't have the blood type she yeah, assumed yeah. she had. And, and so, then offsets uh, a series of events. Uh, where she finds out that Ted Danson is her father. Uh, her mother is Whoopi Goldberg. Will Smith's name is Tea Cake, and I think that's all you need to know. Like, that's... <laughs> yes. By the way, Tea Cake. I fully thought his name was Tea Cake the whole movie. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, that's real and then I saw the credits and I was like that's unreal <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it comes out in 1993 it has a budget of 22 million dollars which is questionable uh, <laughs> not quite sure where the 22 million went to but it had a box office of 104.9 million dollars so this movie made a lot of money. That's, um, that's a success. Which is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. But I, I think, Cameron, you are doing our five minutes? Yes, I want to do my best to do this movie in five minutes. I think I I think I can. Okay. I think let's you find can. Out. Go for it. I believe in you. Let's, let's find out. Three, two, one, go. All right. So we got uh, Zora Matthews who is played by Nia Long. She's in a science class with her friend Tea Cake, her black male friend named Tea Cake. Uh, they're doing a blood test, um, basically trying to find out what's... Uh, they're studying blood, studying anatomy, whatever, and uh, she finds out her blood type is not the type she assumed it was at birth, so she's like, I got questions, and immediately runs out of the class like you know everybody else does in real life. Uh, she runs to the store where her mother played by Whoopi Goldberg, uh, runs the, like a little, you know, Afrocentric shop. I'm taking it. African queen. The, uh, yes, oh, African queen. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to get to that scene in the five minutes, <laughs> but the scene with the two white ladies buying up oh, all this boy. garbage. We'll have to, that's, that's at least that's, two hours of conversation. But that go is ahead. slapstick <laughs> right there. Um, so, yeah, she's like, mom, 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 I find out my, my blood type is not the same. Uh, Whoopi's like, hold on, let's go outside, let's talk about this. So she's like, hey, your your blood type is the same because your father is a sperm donor. I got your sperm from a from a sperm bank. She's like, what? This is crazy. So I sets out on a, an adventure to find her father. It doesn't take long because her father, uh, the well, when she uh, she ends up going to the uh, sperm bank center and stealing the uh stealing the information of her donor 
she takes that information and she shows up at the mansion house of a what else? Like a he's like a dealer. He's like a Ford like a car, car dealer, tycoon. like a car yeah. tycoon. Yeah, like a you know metropolitan car tycoon. So yeah, <clears throat> she goes to the house. He's like a slob. He's having sex with like some blonde bombshell. He's getting whoa, drunk whoa, in the middle whoa. of the day. He's Jennifer Tilly. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let's put some respect on yeah, it. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah. But continue. You, you he right, has you a right. name. You, you, you're right. <laughs> Shout out Bound. Shout out Bound. Uh, so, yeah, he's having sex with Jennifer Tilly, who's doing cartwheels, by the way, um, in a bathing suit. Uh, she leaves and he's got to go to, he's in a, he's getting in his truck and Zora is like, Hey, Mr. Man, uh, I think I got some news to tell you. And he's like, well, I didn't know the, the host pulling up to the house like that. Um, get in my truck. Let's go to my job real quick. So they take this like ridiculous ass car truck ride down to the dealership. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tell him, but he's swerving through traffic, making him nervous and all that stuff. They finally get to the car dealership, and he's got to do a commercial with a uh, with a bear, because that's yeah. his gimmick, is that he does like these car commercials with uh, animals, with circus animals. So he, Zora's trying to tell him. Uh, he's trying to do the commercial with the bear. Like The commercial is a little wonky. The director is all flustered. Everybody's flustered. And Somehow, I, I'm also wondering how they shot this scene because there's so much chaos. And there's also a bear, like, literally on Ted Danson. Like, this is the 90s. It wasn't, like, some animated bear or nothing like that. It was like, Ted, we're go- you're going to hang with a bear for, like, 20 minutes. Uh, he's like, all right, bet. So he's, like, shooting this commercial with the bear. It goes south. She finally says, hey, you're my father. He freaks out because I'm a white guy with a black daughter. What, what's going on? I, you know? and the bear somehow didn't kill him um so from there uh she goes home to uh tell her mother that you know i met i met my father my father's this famous used car salesman whoopi's like what that's crazy um (laughs) that was my Uh, she gets flustered, I guess. Um, that's like sort of the movie un- up until the second act. Uh, but- well, there's a lot of back and forth between them. There's right? a lot of, you know, back- she's just like, you can't be the father. He's like, I don't want to be the father. I don't want to be the father. I got plenty more commercials to shoot. I can't. Nia Long is like, somebody please be my father. It- also, yeah, um- inexplicably, Nia Long is like, <laughs> just because the plot needs her to care that much. Is like I I won't be able to go to MIT unless this man supports me. Like I won't be able to continue in my life at school unless this random man I met two weeks ago supports me in my life, even though I've got a great support system and my black mother right here and my friend T Cake, who is inexplicably named that. Uh, yeah. One night, Ted Danson's character is sitting in his mansion and he he's sad about you know not wanting to claim Zora. Didn't think that plot part was going to come in, but of course he's like not interested in claiming her. But then he sees like the little princess, the the old version with Shirley Temple, and he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, well, I, I I've got to support her." So they go to shoot another. He's got to shoot another commercial. 
Uh, and what at this point, Whoopi is like uh, just trying to confront him, basically, just trying to confront him and say, like, "Hey, you she, need to you need to support her." If she's like, no, she's drunkenly threatened him. Oh yeah, this is oh yeah, multiple times and told her to stay away from her family forever. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. She and she also <laughs> has like an, an inexplicable drinking problem. She also loves drinking, and every scene like <laughs> in act, she's just, like drinking booze for some reason. And in this scene, she's drinking and then rides a bike to the dealership. Uh, ends up at the dealership while they're shooting with an, an elephant. Uh, Ted Danson is on top of the elephant. She runs in with the bike. She's dinging her bell, and it just so happens to be the elephant's like call signal. Uh, yeah. So they end up on a chase through the streets. Up in, at least five minutes. It, yeah, I was going to so say long. this feels like longer than five minutes, but <laughs> oh, I mean, we've well, gone past five minutes, and that scene went past five minutes. Same, as well. both both of them did. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to wasn't going to happen. Uh, but yes, this chase sequence happens where you know. Uh, the elephant chases her into the water. Um, also, yeah, she's she's drunk. Uh, so Hal, uh, Ted Danson, decides to finally apologize for all this, you know, that he's dragged them through by uh, uh, what, showing up at uh, Zora and uh, Sarah's house, Sarah's Whoopi Goldberg, showing up at their house uh, with a bouquet of roses. Also, Zora is going to go on a date with um, a character we met one time. We've only met him uh, one time. One of like the <laughs> dealership interns, an intern dealership yeah. or something like that. But they get to go out on a date instead of Will Smith. Uh, that scene is also weird because it doesn't mean anything to the major plot. It's just like, hey, we just showed up and now you're just going on a yeah. date just to make you jealous for well, like five seconds. It's an excuse for. Then Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg to go on to their own go date. on their own end up on their own date. Yeah, you know they kiss unfortunately, and oh, they're about to do more than kiss. They they unfortunately <laughs> do more than that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they flirt, they fuck. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they I get that. Uh, maybe they. <laughs> They were on the road to that. Was it? Though. No, no, no. That's right. They didn't. They didn't get the chance to. They didn't get the chance to. Yeah. That's right. Um. Uh. Did, am I swapping parts of this movie? I think I'm swapping parts of this movie because uh, Sarah's drunk one day as a result of uh, hanging out at the dealership for a while. Well, if you're talking about the scene that I think you're we're talking about. To, we're getting to the third <laughs> We're getting to the end. But, um, Nia Long has, for another inexplicable plot reason, started to become upset at Whoopi Goldberg because she because thinks that she's trying to steal Hal away from her <laughs> and she wanted a father all to herself. Sure, yeah. yeah that is Without yes. her mother. I couldn't even follow myself when I watched things. the whole movie. Eyes open. Like, In a way, <laughs> yeah. So then Whoopi Goldberg, yes, is is gets into an argument with Hal and then what happens? And so, they, so yeah, during this argument they drink She's like, I'm finally out of here. I'm, I'm leaving all this mess behind. And she goes out drunkenly into the street on her bike, and she happens to get hit at a light. Um, she's injured. She's in the hospital. It's not looking good. Uh, Hal and Zora go to the hospital to give blood. Uh, turns out that Hal can give blood to Sarah. He does. Um... She he then goes to her hospital room and says like oh wait or does 
Hal go home first to break up with uh, Jennifer Tilly. Well, Jennifer Tilly breaks up with him because oh yeah, Jennifer Tilly getting, is cheating, getting, around getting, side, getting yeah. someone aside at the gym. So she cuts Hal off, and he's like, "Well, I, I guess Whoopi's over there at the hospital. I guess I should see see about her. And give her blood." Yeah, so she, he gives her blood. Um, Zora recovers. Uh, I mean, Sarah recovers. Zora then graduates from school. Well, Cameron, hold on. You're leaving out the most important part, which is that he's not her father because oh, they don't yes. have the same blood type. During the speech in the hospital, he, uh, how to, uh, during his uh, giving blood, he realizes that he is not indeed Zora's father. So he makes a kind yeah. of graceful exit from their lives. I'm really kicking myself for not getting the Maury, you're not the father drop. I really should have had you that. You should have had that on deck. deck. Ready to go. I, 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 that's on me. I failed. It's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we get to the end here, finally. Uh, Just act like I put it in. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, uh, we have to get a video clip of like the cameraman yeah. running all through the hallways and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, so Zora and TK end up graduating from their high school. Uh, Zora. Which was an inexplicably black high school. Super black like, high school. I was not Super black expecting high school it with to a gospel choir. With the, with the gospel <laughs> choir, we getting there. We getting there. Sea uh, Cake has to present Zora with her scholarship to MIT. Um, so Zora's about to give the big speech at the end of the movie, and she's like looking out in the audience, and she looks out at her mother. Sarah's there, but Hal's not there. Up, oh, but Hal is there. He finally shows up at the end and again inexplicably just walks on stage with the mom and like let's just let's all go up there. Nobody knows about this story about us. But let's just Well it's a mess it's a messed up too, because like the the uh principal is like He's there. And, and Miss Sarah Miss Sarah, get up here. And it's like that woman can't walk. <laughs> She's actively her... got a cane. She's there with a cane. Why are you forcing her to get on stage? This is yeah. Not so what she needs to be doing right now. Ted Danson helps her get so yes. You know, Ted Danson escorts her on stage, and they all cheer. But the movie's not over because we need a full dance break. We need a full we, and like full it's song like, dance break, right? You know, I don't, I don't know for a fact, but it, it felt like you know the people that were behind MC Hammer. Oh yeah, oh, it yeah. felt like they got to be uh. in the front. You know, oh yeah, they, they, it was like the off like they couldn't for, get hammer for the hammer choir. They were like, "We ain't hammering all year, you know. We need something else to do." So they get you a know. choreographed dance sequence, and yeah, that's and that's then that's the movie. Yeah, and I have I have copious notes on that dance sequence as well. But before yeah. we get to that. <laughs> We need to talk about this movie in a lot of different ways because one of the things that I couldn't help but feel as I watched it was why? Why did why is any of this happening? Why is and any of it happening? Whose decision was it to do so many of the because it's it it is it is a quintessentially nineties movie, even down oh, to yes. uh Whoopi Goldberg's like I guess one of her employees is, you know, this queer man, this queer African yes. man who works for her. And his interest. Let's, let's, his... let's, so, well, let's pause. Let's pause for a second because our guest and I have something in common. We we know this uh, queer worker in, <laughs> in the Afrocentric shop in the African. Queen. This is true. He's, We're familiar with this him. Is true. He's one of my very best friends, uh, Jeffrey Joseph. Uh, now, 
Have you talked to him about this movie? <laughs> I did. I have never. I, I, I have briefly texted with him about this movie. Uh, <laughs> and the only thing that he told me was that that opening scene was that uh, that scene was not a, the original opening scene, but it was uh, part of reshoots, which he never got paid for. Which he's still angry oh. about. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh so wait, whoa, whoa, because this is crazy. Because literally, this and the final scene are the only scenes he's in the yeah. movie. And, oh, and he uh, he uh, gives Sarah some roses. Yeah, that's right. Said. And he has like a yeah. He has another thing at the beginning of the movie that's just pretty brief. But um, no, Jeffrey's a super talented, super funny comedian. Uh, super hilarious. And uh, yeah, he. He he says that there's other stories he wants to tell me about this movie, but he has to tell me in person. I assume it's because okay. he doesn't want any. Oh, he doesn't want any physical evidence. Sure, sure. That's a good, smart man. But yeah. that's a good way of saying we're not going to out him on the podcast, right? I will say that. Also, he's not queer. We're not going to out him, out him, because he's he's not a queer man. No, he, uh, we don't. That's, that's, not, that's his business, whatever it is. But it's just that's his business. So the thing about that that character though that it's just a weird character because it's such a quintessentially 90s yeah. thing where it's just like here's here's our gay character that it feels the gay shoehorned into the that. film but it's like mm -hmm. it doesn't i couldn't tell the one he's supposed to be comedic relief because he doesn't really do a lot of comedy nor is he in the movie enough to really qualify as that yeah he feels and like a role part. that probably was intended to be bigger but got cut and and this got cut down this script in itself went through a lot of changes from what i understand but uh yeah it is a total 90s thing and i mean the idea that that a black woman and a white man would have a baby in itself was still <laughs> so cutting edge and controversial. You right, know, right, yeah. um, it was still like a thing that you can entice an audience with in the nineties. I mean, you have to remember Jungle Fever came out like right before this, mm -hmm. and that's the year before. Yeah, yeah, and so so you know, people were still mining interracial relationships for oh. for. For stories and and uh you know now they're they're totally passe in art and in you know and just in pop culture but in the 90s it was still right. something that you can sell a whole movie on and even in this case what i found interesting about this movie is that whoopi hmm. goldberg in her career had a long history of um almost being the love interest to many white co-stars Mm -hmm. and yeah. uh the studio always would like chicken out or cut the scene out or just decide they were friends or whatever yeah. the hell like they never wanted locked it they down. never they never had would be lock it down on screen um and i don't know if it's because her and ted dancer were dating or i don't even know if they met on this movie or whatever the fuck it was but i mean they, it happens yeah. here they have that really bizarre Makeout scene, <laughs> but that that makeout scene, like like Jordan was just saying, like everything about it's so nineties, like the whole crashing, the furniture's crashing down, like like yeah. that whole trope, that whole eighties and nineties trope of like we can't have sex 
unless we wreck our house. Seriously, <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it never made any sense. And uh, and you know they play it for straight in this movie. Um, but I don't know how you guys do this show, so I'm just following. If you go from oh, plot point boy. to plot point, yeah. I mean, the first what I I hadn't seen this movie in a good twenty years or so. Because I remember when it came out. So I saw it when it came out. Um, not in the theaters. In the theater. I, no, I didn't. No, I wasn't that crazy. But I saw it on like, <laughs> I saw it on HBO 20 years ago, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was terrible then. But uh, <laughs> but watching it now, it's like painful, you know. It's, because it's, I didn't laugh at least once. then I was like still in the 90s. And, you know, it had like the 90s context where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But now it's just it's right. just it's it's awkward to watch that, and and I could see all the components that they were trying to put together from a marketing point of view. Ted Danson was like the biggest TV star in the world at the time. Yeah, you right. Cheers. Cheers. Whoopi was big too. I mean, these were two big. That's what I'm. No, Whoopi know, was like... very big. But I'm saying, like in terms of their, she she had her Oscar. But so the profile of this movie. Mm-hmm. Is, and it's also the kind of movie that the studios don't make anymore. This kind of like mid-scale budget comedy, drama, yeah, adult, comedy. adult thing. And so you have like the biggest TV star, you have an Oscar winner, and then you have mm. Will Smith, who is doing very not, not much here, but he was already probably, arguably the biggest black TV star at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, he wasn't getting that yeah. credit because he wasn't getting like Ted Danson money. But even though he's on the same network, but that's that's a, they're on the same yeah, network. And that, but that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. But he was probably yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. the biggest black TV star at the time. So the profile mm. of the movie was pretty huge. Like everyone was very aware of it. That's why it made so much money. Like everyone and yeah, right. and Whoopi and Ted Danson were constantly promoting it and they were a couple to the shock and awe and surprise and dismay of a lot of people, I have to tell you. Cause, cause, yeah, cause it wasn't a well-received relationship. Not in the public, the public eye. Public and because it, it, cause a lot of people just, like I said, it's the 90s, they still just didn't get it, you know? And, um, you know, Ted Danson was like America's lover boy on Sam alone, you know, and here he mm-hmm. was with like this black woman, you know, and that very black woman too. Chazan, the blackest you know. woman mm-hmm. as far as people yeah. know <laughs> at the time. There was no one blacker than Wolfie Wilbur. And so it's very true. And so he, and true. so I think you know it, it wasn't like a J Lo Ben Affleck thing, but it, you know, they no. definitely were marketing and selling this movie on this idea of this real couple doing this comedy and and um the weird thing about this now is that later this same year Ted Danson would wear blackface. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At oh, yeah. the Friars Club and Whoopi was there. He was there. Just, uh... And uh yeah, I mean, you can't like indict people, I guess, for that kind of shit now, but it no. definitely um, did not go over well, you know, with uh, her black audience, for sure. Well, I mean, everybody was like, 
because that was pretty <laughs> racist. <laughs> but not everybody was like yeah. that, you know. Only, not everybody was like that, but she, only the black, only like bros, like chuckling it up. Only, yeah, she was chuckling it up, and also there was this attitude that if you weren't a comedian, um, then you were being too sensitive because it was a private thing like you and you didn't it. get it. It's you weren't same, hip enough to get it. It's the same it. idea now. Same, same exactly. excuse that people are exactly. trying to and, and it was not that. It was like black people were like, no, this is like, we don't care who you date. This is unacceptable. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like there's, and you would never see that now. And I, and I wonder if she would like give the same defense of it now, but, um, mm. and he would be totally canceled now. But everyone else oh, and oh, everyone yeah. else was also taking the mind that, you know, black people were too sensitive and everyone was everyone who was offended by it was being too sensitive. Blackface was still very much in use in in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um so it's it it's very it's very strange to like see the whole odyssey of this movie and their relationship mm-hmm. and like relive that while watching yeah. it for this podcast but um <laughs> yeah i don't know but can we talk about how they they had they, they were doing blood tests in school this is what okay yeah there's a what lot the of fuck things. was that i was in high school in the 90s <laughs> i graduated the same year that these characters graduated 92s i saw their little thing on their thing and we were not doing fucking blood tests <laughs> and but Let's break down a series of events here because this movie is. I is, got notes. <laughs> oh boy, it's it's full of contrivances like this yeah. to really. It's it's amazing how thin the plot is, yeah. right? Like from the standpoint right. of any 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 character acting just like a normal person would. No, no that, that doesn't stops. exist in this movie. <laughs> no, no, not everybody's here. doing crazy. No, so they're like, all the craziest in, choices. She's in class, right? There, there. It seems as if this is like you know, end of the year, too. right? So it's just like right. this is weeks know, before graduation, it, and you're still doing lab shit. You're, you're still doing labs no. and science, no. no. <laughs> but it also seemed like a blow off lab, like just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like she walked out of it, she left, <laughs> and the teacher was just like, <laughs> "I've never been in that's a what class they do." Like, oh, I'm done. Right. I'm but done. have you ever been in a class where you've had to let your own blood? I mean. That seems yeah, like no. a, a violation, like something they would not let you do in school because yeah. it's a biohazard. Right. But also, right. <laughs> like just the way that Will, like, because Will Smith is just like got mine. Right. <laughs> <He's> like, I, <laughs> he does like he does like a O O you know right. song because he's got O O type yeah, blood, yeah. and then she does it, and she's like, "This is impossible." And he's just like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Do it again," uh, and then she runs out to to Whoopi Goldberg, and then it's just like. She let's let's talk about this scene specifically because it's this is one of several wild scenes that I just was not sure what was happening in anybody's head. Neil Long and T Cake Will Smith go on his scooter because that's really the only way they seem to get around to Oakland. Yep. They go on a scooter to a sperm bank. Now, right. first of all, these are children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sixteen, they're 16 17, <laughs> 17, 18 maybe because they're about to graduate. Max, right. but, the you, but you're skipping the, like... like you're skipping the idea that even that she, when she drops the whole thing about the sperm bank, like she's embarrassed by it, like it's like oh, yeah. it's 
right. it's treated as a you... controversial, disgusting, less than thing to do. Yeah, right. How could you go to a sperm bank and create? Right, this? you know, and <laughs> it, there's a lot of like bizarre ideals of about shit that we that we take you know in vitro fertilization is just normal but yeah yeah you know they totally try to demonize it here for some reason you know yeah uh Neilon can't can't believe can't that believe. her mom would stoop so low right to, like you couldn't find another man it's like you just you could just sleep around right. a bit and just, have a kid yeah <laughs> just be a hoe like <laughs> For yeah, me. so that I can have For a connection me. to a real person. Yeah, a real person. You're not. A real, you know, it probably uh, wouldn't even been you now. Like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, it's like, where's your argument come from? Because it's like, if I didn't do this, you wouldn't be you. Right. Yeah. Well, look, they they go to the sperm bank. They let these they let two the high children in. Yes. In. <laughs> yeah, they let the children into and the then, sperm bank. And the and the lady behind the desk immediately is like, "Oh, Will Smith, give us the sperm." You know right. what I mean? Like, you can't be in here unless this man is putting sperm into a cup somewhere. No, no ID, <laughs> so, no test. Yeah, no, yeah. it comes to yeah, the back. Just come jerk yeah. off in this room. <laughs> we don't need to know like, any, 100%, anything about you. A hundred. A hundred percent. I dropped off with his, maybe CMI for listeners, but I was at the Dodgers. I dropped off a sample today at the Dodgers, and the security guy just let me back to like the doctor's offices area to drop off the sample. I was like, "Am I supposed to? Am I allowed to be back? <laughs> like, just even for five minutes, even for two minutes? Yeah, this feels wrong." Well, because here's the thing: this happened several times in the movie. I am fairly certain that the direction of the scene was we got. Five minutes of Will Smith. We just we need to fill five minutes of this movie we, with Will Smith doing just roll the camera and let him do. Can we goof him up? Can we let him goof up a little bit? Yeah. Because this scene goes on for so long, for so and it's long. really just oh my cutting God. back and forth between Will Smith, like childishly <laughs> acting like, like he, he can't even he, imagine pornography as, as a, a you know as yeah a, as a concept. Yeah. And then, what? like, furiously <gasps> masturbating to the point where he's but, like, yeah, I like two oh, cups. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, he, go, he went from zero to 100, like, I've never seen pornography in my life. How dare you? To, oh, my God, this pornography thing. Have you seen it? Yeah. You know, and it's just like, also, Neil Long could scoot into the back of this shady <laughs> sperm bank and, like, get get the information. But then... Like, in an unprotected computer at that. In an unprotected but, computer, yeah. but she well, she brings the information to Whoopi Goldberg, who is furious that they gave her, you know, allegedly the wrong sperm, but then never follows up. Right. Right? She yeah. she she gets bad, she has one phone call, she doesn't go down there, she doesn't call them again. She's a, they're just like, I guess Ted Danson's the father. We don't need to get another blood test or a DNA test or anything just to confirm. We're just gonna assume because Neil Long did some shoddy detective work. <laughs> this is fact. <laughs> yeah, this is. This, 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 I guess that's even supposed to let you know what kind of movie you're watching. Well, well you know, in the defense of the '90s, that was like as good as you got for like corroboration. Oh, yeah. In defense of the yeah, '90s, there was like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry for the entire decade, yeah. There was, was no, there was shit. no like rapid DNA test. So her shoddy detective work. 
seemed pretty, you know, verifiable. But it was also like, but she's also like a Mensa level. She's like, supposed to be, and, and you would think she's supposed to be. You would yeah, think that that the same clinic that you just walked into that didn't profile your friend or get his ID before they asked him to jerk off might not <laughs> keep the best records. Which we'll yeah. do back out later. Just on one IBM in the back. Right, like, right. Yeah. All the <laughs> but even like then, because she's like 16, 17 years old, right? Like, yeah, there yeah. wouldn't even. One of the things that annoyed me about that scene was like, and I wrote this down, like, like, uh, where is it? Like, why would those records be digitized <laughs> from 17 years ago? <laughs> and this is like at the start of like digitizing records. Like they're not gonna yeah. like digitize yeah. those, you know. From like no. they didn't even have they didn't even have solitaire on that computer. No, it was like straight and up, they, like, and they would, they wouldn't have that computers <laughs> like that wouldn't have had the storage to like have twenty no. years of like oh, data yeah. on there. So no. I I don't know why that bothered me so much watching it this time. Uh, maybe because. Maybe because when I saw this in the nineties, I didn't have a computer, and now I have a you know comparatively super advanced computer to that, and I'm like, wait a minute, they're lying. No, nah, hold on, you know. hold on. Well, look, worst comes to worst, they could just go back to the high school, and she can get his blood type from whatever yeah. they were doing in lab. They could do their research. Yeah, they could do their research from the exactly. science teacher. So I, I well. Let's let's really get into just the conceit of the movie, right? Because this is basically almost a reverse guess who's coming to dinner, right? Or it's guess guess who's your dad. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Ted Danson, right? But like the movie this is the thing, because I, I think, you know, when we look at a lot of these films, and specifically films from the nineties too, right? There's a re- mm-hmm. there's there's a somewhat of a redemption arc for a lot of these white male characters. Oh, for sure. That don't I think if anything it's all about the white redemption arc usually but, but there's usually no redemption like they don't do anything suddenly people just decide we love you you're good you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. because ted danson through this whole movie like is an asshole reluctant he, and he, an asshole he, yeah he, he, he he's an asshole to neil long you know when they first meet he tells her to get away and, and don't come back he's an asshole to Whoopi goldberg you know what i mean he like he's an asshole to women in general, like right. the treatment of his girlfriend, even though she wasn't the greatest girlfriend in the world. <laughs> she had a lot going on. You know what I mean? She was Jennifer <laughs> Tilly. I, mean, I, I, I get it. She I gave him it. that massage. You know, she was she was trying. <laughs> um, but like he, his his pivot is that they have a great day at work because of everybody's. I guess loves the fact that he chased Whoopi Goldberg on an elephant. Yeah, the car commercial went viral. So yeah. or viral in those days, so like everyone saw it in town and was like, I gotta I, I gotta, gotta buy a car. car. And Ford. <laughs> yeah. I gotta buy a Ford now. I can't even eat. I gotta buy a Ford. Uh but I guess he realizes that he's sad and alone and he doesn't have anybody to celebrate these moments in his life with. So he goes and buys Whoopi well he he buys yeah, yeah, along yeah. a big ass hardcover book of maps. And it's like, enjoy this big ass book of maps for when you drive all over the country. I, I, it's it's the quintessential. I don't know shit about you. Yeah, but, but maybe one does. <laughs> and so here's this, and then he buys Whoopi Goldberg a replacement bell for the bell that he 
remember, ripped off of her bike yeah. in a fit of rage and threw, like, mm. 30 feet. Into the water, yeah. You or wherever he threw it, yeah. And their reaction to this isn't, wow, this guy's a psycho, but... Oh my God! <laughs> I think he cares about us. <laughs> we should well, let I mean, him I, it's, into it's our lives. It's strange that Nia Long wasn't able to like tell he was a full psycho after like he spent thirty minutes trying to come on to her in a, on a car. That's ride. what I was saying. Like the yeah. first thing he does when he when she meets him is he tries to like come on to a seventeen or eighteen year old girl, and yeah. like that's viciously too. He's like, I'm some kind of right, you. and it's like we never talk about that. We never no no. Because that's just okay. Is it, it? It was the '90s. She did show up there. She yeah. was asking for it. So it's like I'm just, I'm just. A, but that's that's but the '90s mentality. Not that he's yeah. like right, hitting, right, 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 Not right. that he's hitting on this teenager. You know, yeah. it's that or drinking beers at like eight o'clock in the morning. Right. That mm-hmm. that doesn't matter either. It's just you, you know he he's just automatically. A disgusting character, but they were very careful not to make him racist. Which, mm. yeah, yeah, you know what? Which I guess when we discuss later how you remake this movie actually might make it interesting. But they they were careful <laughs> not to do that. Maybe because he was dating Whoopi. Maybe because they felt that they tested badly. Whatever the hell it was, the one thing that they could have done to make it interesting, they didn't do. Um, yeah. And that's the only thing that could really make sense as to having a turn for the character in this situation. Yeah. You know. Right. Um but yeah. They decide to lean yeah, more into, you know, he's weird and being biracial is funny. So let's just go let's just do that. <laughs> That's so weird, right? By being biracial? That's so wacky. I, I feel like that was all the screenwriters just like <laughs> yeah. and this crazy. That was the entire pitch session. And, just shrug shoulders, like but, I don't know. Yeah, but as soon there's also a thing like, well, like as soon as he meets the black people, like everything kind of starts going wrong. His life is like, you know, he's kind of happy in his, mm-hmm. his right. debauchery with, you know, he's he's content with it at the beginning. But then he meets yeah. her, and then shit does seem to not work out, you know, until the elephant incident. So his first, yeah, yeah his first contact with black people is that they're ruining his business and that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> ruining his and they won't leave him alone they won't leave him alone you know um, yeah well, it's weird because this movie is as you might be right Darian. i don't know like the, the way that this plays out is like you'd expect at some point for there to be elements of cultural exchange right where it's like right oh okay, you want to be part of our family where well, you have to come to, you know, this cookout or like, uh, you know, the family reunion or like hang out with mm-hmm. our friends while we play spades or, you know, whatever. And it's like, he never interacts with any other black people right. except for them too. And the one weird, sketchy nurse who took his blood, who was trying to sleep with me along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they, on the other hand, never be, I mean, I guess he doesn't really have anybody in his life, but they never interact in his social circles in any way to try to play up, you know, whatever kind of like oddball racial comedy that they're trying to get at where it's just like, Oh yeah, come hunting with me or come, you know, do, do whatever it is that I like to do, you know, drive, drive around Oakland recklessly in my truck. The most they ever get is that sometimes he'll say 
vague colloquialisms like drain the lizard and Whoopi Goldberg was like drain the what like what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> and then but that's it like there's never any real like if you're gonna make the movie about that like get into that but they seem to not mm. even really want to address that or like touch that it's more just like like you were saying isn't it weird that one of them is white and one of them is black yeah what a crazy coincidence you know because like Whoopi Goldvick has a big speech you know when uh Neil Long is like no he's white like white white like he's a white man and then she like <laughs> flips out and like loses her mind and we don't know why right. we just assume that she hates white people because she owns an African bookstore right and so yeah I don't think through our through our 2022 sensibilities we just don't see like how that would be an issue like yeah <clears throat> one you would have known everything about the donor anyway that's just that's just yeah. the way that's always been the way it works yeah. always <laughs> yeah. so that 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 yeah. that the con- this movie's like a million has a million contrivances like you mentioned but that that one is just bizarre cuz you always would know and she doesn't it doesn't make sense that she would just like be angry about that he's white necessarily just because she has the bookstore and it, it she i mean <laughs> they would just move on with their lives like we they would just like not it would be such a non issue like this movie you're wouldn't here. this movie wouldn't Things happen in fine. real life because it would yeah. just be like oh yeah okay well you're here we've had a good life we have a bookstore yeah. you're going to MIT <laughs> you know things are <laughs> Neil's motivations are yeah. are really bizarre because like her life is comparatively pretty great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Whoopi Goldberg seemingly has done everything a parent could possibly do to raise her. She is going to one of the most prestigious universities on a scholarship. You right. know what I mean? So she's not even right. paying for that. Um, you know, like they seemingly live in a nice home. She's like showered her with love and all of this stuff. But like the one thing that she's never had as a father, which, sure, okay, like, if you want to get into that, like, there's certain character elements that you could get into, but, yeah, we never really get into the why, it's just, I want that. I desperately need a father. <laughs> it, it happens so many times in this movie, it, it, or it happens to be, like, the, the, um, like, her want in every scene that she's in for, for Nia Long's character is just, like, I just, I just want him well, in yeah. my life. I just need him here. Well, they even okay. well they had she had she had like a father figure because of <laughs> right because this she had Charlie Charlie right Charlie and so that's what I don't really get as well because she grew up with this black father figure who did die and die. you know shit happens that but she didn't like not have a father you know what I mean yeah. she grew up with right clearly a positive male role model they make a point to show us that picture and they make a point mm-hmm. to mention him several times and he was clearly important enough and and loved the family enough and they loved him so much that Whoopi Goldberg has been basically single and celibate up until we catch her into yeah. this movie 
Well, I don't know. She got she got Ted Danson pretty quick. She may not have been celibate, but she she, she, ain't, she ain't having kids. <laughs> right. Well, but she wasn't dating. You know, she was like, because she yeah, had yeah, a scene yeah. at some point where she's like, you know, why didn't you start? Why didn't you see anybody else after Charlie? Like, why didn't you bring another man into the house so that I would be normal after <laughs> Charlie? That was they have like that kind of conversation, and I need that. Yeah, mom. I need and that. and it just doesn't read. Really, it reads like as anything. Yeah, I mean, really, it reads like Nia Long's character uh, Zora needs therapy, like like big yeah. time, because she's just like grasping onto white strangers to be like father <laughs> me. And uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. At a pretty critical <laughs> point in your life, too, like you, you, when you graduated high school. Well, You've got like the world ahead of you. Like you're not looking at like, oh man, I need this father figure in my life to support me through things that I've already supported myself through. Right. Yeah. But well, that, I think the thing okay. about it, Oh no, I was just gonna say I think the thing about it is like I I will give the movie credit in this respect. And that is they let him pay for her college. Because I thought that's where this movie was going. <laughs> was that he was going to be the like person who pays for her right. school because she wasn't going to be able to pay for MIT right. and he would be like hey here's however many you know because he was like oh what school was it was it Stanford where he was like I Berkeley. I, I was going to go to yeah I was going to go to Berkeley you know and like they kept mentioning that and bringing that up to the point where I was like oh no don't tell me that he's going to fund her education right. and that's going to be like how he gets into her life um, so I'll give the a little bit of credit for that but like the rest of it is still kind of very thin to the point where like when Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson get together in the movie not only is it like such an out of nowhere thing that just seems to happen because it's not even like well they a, have a they have a oh. very nice stroll to smooth jazz and <laughs> yeah and that's that would get anyone wet so i don't know yeah well it's not because it's not even like one of those oh they hate each other so much and like the yeah. hate turned to sex and, and he like, was like know, just, my sperm's and, already been inside you so which was so, <laughs> so i should which is so close he didn't have to say anything like that the entire movie and then he did <laughs> <laughs> Because it escalated it so did. fast. Well, it was like, yeah, it was like we're having a nice time, and he was like, "How about we right, yeah. right now? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think?" Because you know, I mean, oh, you've God. already had my baby, yeah. so right. it's so like, like what's... we're working backwards, you know. What I mean? <laughs> At this point, uh, it's so weird because, well, the thing, like, so many times throughout this movie, right? So, like. He's immediately hitting on Nia Long, right? Like the mm -hmm, doctor mm -hmm. guy who sees her, where she takes he takes her blood is hitting on, and then Will Smith's character arc is that he wants to he wants fuck. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I want, yeah. Will, so Will Smith's character arc is totally fucked up because. <laughs> okay, I'm guessing that the idea of the character was supposed to be like the nerdy best friend friend zoned incel motherfucker, yeah, right? Like us, but it's, but it's, but it's Will Smith, so it doesn't work. You, yeah, you tried to turn <laughs> it's, like it's, a sea candles guy into right. Will Smith, and, and it's, it's like, like no, that's not what that's not gonna fly. Like if if Will Smith was her friend in real life, he would be trying to hit it all the time, and she probably would let him at this point. But it's also like 
He's got that mustache going. Like Will Smith is not believable as like the nerdy best friend who's not getting laid in high school. Who's not getting in, in high yeah. school. And that's why. But then also to kind of have him there as this emasculated black best friend. And then she dates this other random guy who has like no random in the story at all. Yeah. You've seen him once before. This. And like, why not just focus on that relationship? Why not have her tell her deepest secrets to her best friend, Will? Or like, why not? Yeah. Like, there's a like a teenage love story just right there. Like, what what are they trying to contrive this weird thing in the, con- the convertible at make out point? Like, that was like. <laughs> well, because it's right then there there's... on the face. <laughs> Then there's another. We've got to kill five minutes. Let's just let Will vamp. Yeah, moment where you know, like, oh, man. she comes back or she drives off, and then she, he does like five minutes of stick to himself. Yeah, he does this like sassy <laughs> stick about like being stood up, and then like walks down the street, and like Will, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and Ted Dancer are just right yeah. there. They're just you know what I mean. So, <laughs> So they just have witnessed like, this. Right, well, that for, like, this is a thing that I guess he does often. And so it's not weird, but like two minutes into that, I would have been like, are you okay? Because yeah. <laughs> this is like a full-on conversation to you. This is a one-man show at this point, and I don't really know what's going on anymore. So yeah, th- yeah. there's several moments, because I think Will Smith works better is almost just like he's like the slutty best friend who's just like, he's he's sleeping around. He's the hoe. He's sleeping yeah, around with everybody. Right. And he's so reckless, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's just he's throwing it at her. He's throwing it at her because he's throwing it at everybody. You know, what I mean, it's not even just about I've been trying to get with you forever. It's just like this is who I am and what he I. He almost do bought a car trying to get time, with somebody. So yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. And which is, again, like, what a terrible car car salesman. This is clearly a child <laughs> with no money, oh <laughs> and my she God. is like really trying to. What does she think is going to happen? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's I, that's why I don't believe anything about you know, that place being successful, because like if these are the level of people and their <laughs> level of competency that are selling cars for you, like I'm surprised that you sold one, you know, nevertheless, <laughs> however many you yeah. sold by well, the end of that sequence. He's also got the confidence to hang around all those animals. I mean, A, the car salesman has the confidence, but B, Ted Danson has the confidence to hang around all them animals. The yes. bear, like you couldn't. I don't know. You can never tell me enough. Like the bear's cool. He's a cool bear. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. There's not enough. You just, can never yeah, tell me enough. Of like, yeah, just just be yourself, and the bear will be fine. That you couldn't do that to me. Right. I mean, there's I think... not. A, there, you could the animal <laughs> control person could be a bear themselves, and I'd be like, Nah, man, I don't believe you. We've done enough animal-related films on this podcast where uh, <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like the people, the people in charge of the animals, are usually like not the people that you want to be. Because on no. Ghost in the Darkness, remember, like they set the lions loose, yes, just to like scare people purposefully and didn't tell them that lions were coming into their room. So that's like, not that's cute. What's happening on on a lot of these films says you can count me out, movie uh, or not. Whatever is going on, I don't give a damn. So I don't know. I mean, that's sorry. That was my sidebar. I was just, oh, yeah. <laughs> terrified of the bear for Ted Danson. Really, that's really all that was. Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still stuck on just the the 
message of the movie too because it doesn't seem as if like there well, was what any you, real what do you think the message of the movie was supposed to be I was going to say the message of the movie is just she's biracial I guess <laughs> like there didn't really seem to be anything deeper than that well, it isn't it weird that, that she's black and white because like it's really race as much as they throw it around doesn't mm. really have anything to do with the movie like it's not really like a situation where it doesn't color the world around the characters it doesn't well outside of like her owning a shop it doesn't really yeah. like guide their uh you know principles that they might have but it should have. and yeah. it and it's yeah, but it and, and that it doesn't make the screenwriting of this so weird because there it seems like in in no real world would a black woman who owns a shop like that where she's selling urban bushwoman shit for people <laughs> there's no world where she's gonna like easily connect with and want to get down with like this cowboy car salesman wannabe shit kicking wearing it's like he's got the bolo. T- I'm looking at it right now because it's playing on yeah. my screen. On the BG. He's got the bolo tie and the fucking cowboy boots and the hat and all this stuff on. Oh my- like, there's no way that yeah. she's gonna like be like, give me a piece of that. Like, what? I- <laughs> well, he's, he doesn't. He the, never does he, anything. And if you are gonna do that, then you have to. You have to bring up race, and you have to challenge uh, why she. Is now interested in this you guy their who is, you know, in this thing. Uh, right. Like when you talk about when you talk about uh, at the end when he shows up at the graduation. This is after he now knows that he has like no relation to Zora at all. So now he's just showed up, right. and he's just decided. I'm going to claim and colonize this fucking family. <laughs> <laughs> what reason? It's like, it's like, they're there. They're, well, I'm just going to, well, I don't have the, my family now. I'm going to just live right with a flag yeah. on it. It's like, if, what? If I don't have the medical right to them, I'm going to colonize it's, that ass. That's what I'm saying. He's like, I don't got to pay for college or anything. She's already got her own money in her own store. Like, this all works out for yeah. me. Uh, all I can do is be nice Hal, who, like, gives her $100 every year. And, like, I can move I on. I thought that but... they were going to, like, make a joke about his name being Jackson, you know? But yeah. they, didn't, they, like, left that. <laughs> like, such wasted opportunity, wasted opportunity all over the like place. the first white jackson since andrew and they just like left it <laughs> on the table the bar that's I, the bar <laughs> i want to i want to take a step back because you you guys touched on everything that i wanted to, to oh, get sorry. into because like <laughs> oh no no I'm, I'm happy you brought it up because it's like he comes in at like the perfect time right he doesn't have to raise this yeah. child She's already yeah. going to MIT. He doesn't have to pay for college. Like he basically is moving into the empty nest and yep. enjoying Whoopi Goldberg's 18 years of like raising a kid. Okay, right? he tried. And now he could just be <laughs> <laughs> And I guess if he wanted now, to could try again because totally legally guilt free. <laughs> so 
it's just it's so weird because like they never grapple with what does it mean for him to be the father of a black yeah. child like that never comes up at all that he should have been like be the fucking point of the movie that should have been the point of she, she should have been like do you know any other black people you don't even yeah. have another black person I, I looking at you no, because, and it was it, no, because, yeah well, that ends in like a sequence where he's, she like drives him through the hood, and then because that's the '90s, you know that <laughs> that scene happens in this in this movie that we created right yeah. now. It's it's, and that scene does not look good. That scene Whoa. looks worse than what we actually got. Let's talk about the scene that does not look good. That is is just as incredibly. I got I got to bring the music back for this one because I have many questions. <laughs> Can we talk about the scene where Whoopi Goldberg leaves two white women in her shop and they just become radicalized? Because I don't oh. understand what the fuck is going on. I had right? a note. I had a note from that scene. I said, uh, "Why is she selling this African garb to these two fake Dunaways?" <laughs> well, because, because <laughs> here's the conceit of the scene, right? Whoopi Goldberg is on the phone with the sperm bank. She's flipping out because they're telling her, "Oh no, everything's fine." What do you mean? And she's like, no, you you gave me white sperm. That's unacceptable. Like, I can't believe that you did right. this to me, yada, yada. <laughs> and these white women, like, stumble in. They're like two elderly white women. They're in playing Oakland. this kind of, yeah, they're playing these very kind of clueless, like, I guess liberal, kind of just like, we don't know. We don't know anything. We're we don't know here. any better. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and they're here for a wedding, and the and the joke is kind of like who you what kind of wedding? You know, you don't even know. And so, like, they're asking, "Oh, we want like books on weddings." It's like if they want a book, and on I an guess African wedding ceremony or something. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And I don't know if the implication is because one of their children is marrying a black person, or if it's like th- that they just want to have an African for the wedding. Look, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. They don't really get into that, but they keep coming up, and Whoopi Goldberg's yelling at them, and oh, just go to the back and read the book, or you know, whatever. And then she like rushes out uh, to go handle some business and locks them in. And then you think that's it, but it really is a long running skit uh. because it's almost real time where she comes back later and opens the door, and they are still in there. But like now are in like dashikis, dashikis and like and, uh, headgear and all sorts of yeah. And garb. they say that they they have realized the error of their ways or something like that, and they want to buy everything in the store. And they write her a check, which I think is implied as reparations. And then they put <laughs> extra on top of it because they did the math. Of some sort, it it really is a bizarre scene. Yeah, and they were trying sense. to add the tax yeah, on it, they, and yeah, she just yeah. They didn't like, like all the jokes they could have did in that scene. They like pulled pulled all the punches. They're just like, nope, let's not make that entire joke. Like the reparations, I might even laugh at that if they said it right out. Yeah, but the movie, but the scene, sadly, like doesn't have like <laughs> any like. But- comedic structure whatsoever other than like every time we go back to them they've read another page of the autobiography yeah but it's like this is the weirdly bizarrely the closest the movie ever comes to talking about race is this moment with these two white women who are apologizing for because now they've learned all the things that they've done you know what i mean and it's just like very strange not only the placement of it because it is like 
really a throwaway joke. Like it really the whole is just scene like, is a throwaway, honestly. <laughs> this weird moment that happens, yeah. but then like there's there's really no there's no point to the scene, but like the scene itself has such a mix of like different messages that I'm not even quite sure if I I think I'm supposed to be laughing, but I'm also <clears throat> not sure if I'm supposed to be like Oh, you know, like that's not necessarily what would happen if you just left white people in an African bookstore, but like <laughs> that, you know, like their, their admittance that, you know, like white people did a lot of messed up stuff. And so that they feel terrible, but also like feel empowered now like i don't know if this is like a parody like i don't know if they know yeah how black people look at white people like that like i don't know if they had an understanding of like what how that would play to a black audience because one we talk about this all the time this movie wasn't made for black people no nope. i mean i know that they thought we would just come to see whoopi goldberg and will smith but like there's not really anything in here for us uh no it's not you're right you know a movie like this might even try to like throw throw us a bone here or there or something like i think i think well i think that end dance sequence is for us i think that's us i think they were just like watch ted dance and do this like offbeat two-step shuffle and like you know what i mean and the look on his face too is like yeah yeah they love it it. yeah teddy d's in the house baby i'm here (laughs) (laughs) i mean this movie made a ton of money so it it yeah and i agree that there isn't like a lot of stuff in here for black folks as we perceive it now you know, mm. then it was for the culture. <laughs> then it was like, <laughs> oh, you've got Whoopi and Will Smith and Neil Long, like to black people. Right. Is it like a thing this where it's like, like by existence it's just for the culture? Is that by existence what, what in the nineties? Yes. That's for by existence in the That's fair. We didn't get a lot. It, we didn't get a lot. Consider yeah. that this movie made more than any movie that Spike Lee had made. Um, any it made more than Boys in the Hood. It made more than any other black film of the era, mm. you know. Um, yeah, because people went to see Whoopi Goldberg movies, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. and this had, you know, for black people who who at still at the time were still reading Ebony and Essence magazine, you know, they had Will Smith. We got some. Will, we got some jets we in got the house. Will Smith and Nia. That this movie's legit. Okay, put down our money. Because so, it's yeah. and yep. you have to also understand there was no Netflix and you know a million streaming channels and shit. It was like mm-hmm. you had your network channels. If you're lucky, you had HBO or um, Showtime. Um, but other than that, you were just going to the movies, and you were hoping that you were going to the movies to see somebody of color on the screen. And so, yeah. And, and in the case of so, in the yeah. case of Whoopi, you know, it was like, you know, she has an Oscar. People went, you know, yeah. Black people were proud of her. You know, they weren't proud of this afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this was kind of like the beginning of the end of a lot of shit for a, you know. Ted Danson's movie career never really happened after this, you know, and you know, 
No, Will Smith only survived because yeah, he was like, you know, low on the call sheet. So it's like <laughs> that's true. It, it's all kind of reversed because yeah, Will Smith shoots into the stratosphere right. and then these guys end up on TV forever. We'll, we'll be ends the, up on the, the view forever. Right. And I mean, me along had a little TV. bit of a moment. But, yeah. But in terms of like what it was offering to, to black people or whatever at the time, I could, I only could guess it was because, you know, we just wanted to see black people succeed in the movies one way or another. Yeah. And so people, sure. people, people yeah. clearly yeah. went because I don't think, I don't think a lot of, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but, you know, I, I'm not sure a lot of white people want to see this movie. <laughs> and because uh, it wasn't, from what I remember, and you can maybe look up the trailers, maybe we could find a trailer on YouTube or something, but I don't remember the trailers like feeling like a you know, white movie. <laughs> felt, felt like yeah. they were trying to sell yeah. it to, to us. Like I seem to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, you know, if this had had a black director, who knows what would have happened? Well, <laughs> I, I think just uh, unless there's there's other things that people want to touch on, the two last things I want to get into on this movie specifically are one, let's let's go back just to that end dance sequence in general because <laughs> one, what what is the song? Stand. What is happening here? Like this is not this is this is I, a very popular song in the nineties. Was it about what they're trying to do? I, you know, when I saw this again and in that in the opening and the credits came up and they started singing "Stand," I was like, "Oh shit! I I know this song because <laughs> it was popular enough that it was one of those positive." Sound of blackness, wannabe type song. Sounds of blackness, yeah. you know, soul to soul. Yeah, Hell just yeah. positive, you know, life affirming gospel pop that was, you know, kind of popular then, and that was one of them. Hey, I love that shit. I still love that so, shit. Turn it so right yeah, now, so know? so I'm sure them getting to put that song in the movie at the time was probably like a big get. Like, and that that kind of solidified it to me. Like, you don't put that in there unless you're like trying to speak to black people because. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the black people stayed for the credits in that. Like, <laughs> if the white audiences are leaving and the black people are still there, like, <laughs> like, mm, like grooving, like, oh shit. <laughs> well, because there's there's another song in here called "Colors of Love," which apparently was a big song, a big enough song that it gets its own section in the Native America <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> by, by Carol Bayer Sager. See, like, in, yeah, in I didn't uh, like that song. I don't remember it. I I heard it in the thing when I watched it, but I James Ingram had many other hits from other movies, well, but this one, yeah. this one didn't catch fire. Yeah. Well, the song, the song is well because the song is basically like right. the plot of the movie, <laughs> right? In song form. Which is like not a no. song you'd play on the this radio. Is like the, actually, this is the <laughs> third movie in a row that we've done that had an end credit song that was like, and this just right. happened. But they played this. Right, this this was in the, the middle of the movie, though. I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure James Ingram they added just, that to they, Wiki to make it seem like the song was big. Maybe. got to do something. He's got to do something. But there's one. So there's, there's a, a moment in the song, in just the rap part where they rap. Destiny, right? So <laughs> they don't spell out destiny; they say destiny, which I was like, 
my d e s t n y like that already yeah. rhymes just say that <laughs> like what is destiny confusing <laughs> there's just That's a lot of, st- <laughs> a lot of stuff in here but but it's also like because you know everybody's on stage and they're dancing and that's one of those weird like is this in the movie you know because like sometimes they'll have things where it's just like and the cast comes out and they dance so like this isn't like the movie this is almost like after party everybody yeah. on set just hanging out but this is like supposed it's like to half that it's like the, the graduation i think it's like, it's like <laughs> not quite we're all coming out for like a curtain call kind of thing but also at the same time not yeah. quite the graduation because did that happen at your graduation well, not even did that happen at your graduation, no, but it happened like, in my graduation. No, the, uh, the, all, all the white people at my high but school the audience, up and started singing "Optimistic by Sounds of Blackness." Well, because it's like, the, but in the audience, like those are yeah. kids. So I'm just like, did they just get the kids from this high school to come out, or like what's happening? Because it's just such a weird like cut back and forth where it's just like Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson, and, and they just dancing. like. And Children? the kids are just like in the, <laughs> the seats, like just... having to watch this thing. It's like they hijacked a real graduation, and it was like, all right. We... That's nah, what I was man, gonna they, say. They That's they why just, it felt so weird because it was people. like, oh my they do. god, That's, tell I me they do. they do. That's what they they pay like well, everybody like fifty bucks well, to do it. Your no, friend didn't get paid for the reshoot, so I don't know. But but in terms of, I did a lot of extra work in the nineties, and. um we would do crowd scenes. Uh, do you ever see Scent of a Woman? Uh, yes. So at the end yeah. of Scent of a Woman, there's that scene where they're at the uh, like the disciplinary hearing or whatever at the school, and there's yeah, like yeah. 500 students mm-hmm. all watching. So I'm in there. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me. It's that. It's that translucent in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you can see me. Oh yeah, I was one of. Oh, it was. That's a whole other story. But th- we're going back. But they paid back. us all. I mean, and that was just like five hundred extras. You know, teenage extras just getting paid to watch Al Pacino yelling all day. And um, yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. So the, in the direction for that, are they just like just? Yeah, they were like they were like look normal like, and pay attention. Okay. And it was a really long day. It was the first time I had ever gotten I'd ever gotten golden time. I it was the first time I had ever gotten golden time. So I remember that. Oh, and yeah. um people were like falling asleep, like nodding off. And Damn. they would like <laughs> see you on camera and then like fire you immediately. They caught you falling asleep. And oh, um so there was that. And then the other thing I remember most about that day uh is that you know, I was surrounded by nothing but white extras. <clears throat> white bro teenage bro yeah who (laughs) spent 14 15 hours just telling the most racist jokes that you oh my like they had a book of them like it that's what it seemed like is they kept they kept coming with them and it was just like what yeah dude yeah were they telling them to you yes dude. dude like oh god Yo, I hate that. <laughs> Yo, it's like, <clears throat> and I was just trying to eat. You know, I, this is like yeah, me. Just, yeah. I, I, I 
don't think I was in high school at the time. This was like me out of high school, like just trying to like get a check, you know, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and survive. I mean, I was still living at home, but you know, whatever. And uh, so I wasn't like trying to like fight nobody because I would, I could thrash yeah. all of these dudes, but <laughs> you know, I was just trying to get that golden time money. And um, yeah, so that's what I yeah. remember most about that. But if you watch Scent of the Woman, Scent of the Woman, you you do see me like, yeah. Right behind that. We're going like to screenshot you that for, totally the, for the Twitter. Um, yeah, just, just thinking about, I'm going to kill everybody. So they just pay for those people. They give them a lot of money. Oh, and wow. that this movie had All right. $20 million in the 90s is a lot of money. Spike didn't have $20 million to make anything at that point. Yeah. Like never. At, at that yeah. point. you know, He was like, he had just gotten like his first budget over $20 million for Malcolm X from Malcolm yeah. X, right? And yeah. and he didn't and he didn't even get all, get all of it. it. <laughs> so and Warner Brothers was the studio yeah. on that. So Warner <laughs> Brothers put yeah. more money into this than they put into Malcolm X. Think about that in the same <laughs> damn, in the same in the same year because this is prob- this, definitely this is the same, same fiscal year because they're probably greenlit about the same time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, oh my god! Ooh. And this is also produced by Michael Douglas, who was also in Ghost in the Darkness that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, well, yeah. we we yeah. all know how Michael Douglas Ooh. produced himself into Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> uh, so sure let's be thankful that that didn't uh, happen here. Yeah, boy. Well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because doing the behind the scenes research for this movie, the big thing that stood out to me was this movie was originally not written to have black people in it. Mm-hmm. It was originally written for an all-white cast, and then right. they cast Whoopi Goldberg, and then they rewrote the script um, to match that. So, it but makes... they didn't hire a black screenwriter. No, no, no. They kept the same white woman who wrote the original, <laughs> yeah. and they just said do it again. Um, right. which, which is was their first <laughs> and it starts at the top. But it's it's yeah. so interesting though because then that calls into question so many of the choices of the movie that makes you think whose idea was that right so like who whose idea is it to have your friends open up the movie singing somewhere over the rainbow like miming that you know as his introductory scene like whose idea was it for her to have an an african bookstore with urban bushwoman t-shirts in the first place whose idea was probably (laughs) whoopies You know, you know Whoopi got the script and probably gave her notes to do that, and and that's yeah, what changed it too. As far as that opening scene, like I said, that that was that scene supposedly was not intended to be the opening scene; it was a reshoot scene. I would guess that when they tested the movie, that part too, they tested that that Jeffrey probably tested well, even though he was not in the movie very much. Yeah, but the people probably were like, oh yeah, we kind of like that gay guy. We could have <laughs> we would have liked to seen at least one more scene with him. So they probably, I'm thinking as a producer now, went, okay, well, we need reshoots. We got to have Whoopi. Who else can we get that won't cost anything? Oh, and, and this guy tested well. Literally and, won't cost anything. Yeah, and we'll bring him <laughs> shoot in. Shoot an entire dialogue scene. scene that you don't get paid for. Well, it's just, it, I think it, it really throws a lot of this movie into focus when you kind of think, so you never intended for this to be racial, and then you suddenly decided mm. it should be racial right. and then you were like but we don't want it to be right 
So <laughs> let's right. just keep it as benign and kind of like un Yeah, like un unoffensive, but also like it might as well not have been about it at all. Which I think if we're getting into the, the reimagining, like what's frustrating for me is like I like so many of the people in this movie. I like Will Smith, I like Jennifer Tilly, I like mm -hmm. Neil Long, I like Whoopi Goldberg. If it had been a movie where it was just some random occurrence that brought them together, right? Like uh, Ted Danson is is Whoopi Goldberg's like best friend from elementary school, or they haven't talked for a long time, and he got into some shit about you know like his his dealership like has been accused of racism or whatever, and like then you know he brings her in as like his best friend who everybody, you know, knows and loves mm -hmm. from her bookstore. And, like, he's trying to get her to, like, coach him to, like, make his business a more approachable place for black people or whatever. You know what I mean? So, like, it takes all the I've got a possibly biracial daughter out of it and, like, that you could do whatever you want. Or, like, they're having some kind of weird business dispute that, like, you know, they're butting heads and then suddenly they fall in love or, you know, whatever it is. But, like, the idea that the movie spins on the conceit of he is her father, which I was like, I know they're going to, I know they're not going to follow through on that. You know what I mean? Like I knew from the first couple of minutes that they were going to figure out a way to, right. to spin out of that and not have it be the case, but he was going to be her right. father anyways. So it's just like, you spend the whole movie trying to, you know, like obscure that or make it make make people really believe that. Yeah, of course he's her father. So when you pull well, out the so rug, they wouldn't lie to me in yeah. this movie. <laughs> um, but then it's but then it's like you don't need you don't need that element of it. Like it could literally be anything that brings these two people together. You could still have you know Will Smith and Neil Long and Jennifer Tilly and all this kind of like silliness going on in the background, but like. If you're not gonna follow through on the conceit of your film, yeah, I think you're right, making you a doing bad it? movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, figure out so because in the '90s, it wasn't even that anything was a film, right? I mean, like, again, we made Demolition Airbus. Man, we made like a lot of weird things that were just like, yeah, come on, dog, like here we go. We've got the star of whatever it is. Come and watch it. You know, you don't really need much of a reason to go to a movie in the 90s but like if you're gonna give me something that seems to be because there was a lot of like message films you know or movies that were about big ideas or topics and like they weren't some of them were comedies you know but some of them were just kind of like let's come together racial reconciliation well, that was the thing healing. about the 90s but movies being dramas or comedies they kind of all played out like sitcoms where the third act you have some kind of moral or you know lesson that the main characters learn it's always about the learning part it's always about but what did ted danson learn though kind kind it's I'm pretty guessing. sweet to not like, have to barely kind <laughs> but was he kind <laughs> yeah his character doesn't have a journey <laughs> yeah. at all he kind of he's still the same person at the beginning but he just agreed to do and, and they, at the end that's all yeah, he just agreed to colonize this <laughs> black family, he, but he never, but he never had to change, you know, no. because Jennifer Tilly breaks up with him, 
Right. Right. Which is actually like the only funny scene. Yeah. That's the only part that I was laughing at. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was yeah. all Jennifer Tilly too. I was yeah. Just like yeah, she's, so, she's killing it. So she breaks up with him. His business is like fine. Yeah. You know, it's it's never really in jeopardy anyway. Like nothing is no. ever. There's no real stakes for him or that. It's just, so at the end, it doesn't fucking matter. Like no. they, no one had to do anything to get where they are yeah. at the end. You know, they they did. Everyone gets exactly what they wanted, almost exactly except for the t- way. Except for tea cake. Except for tea cake. Damn, and your friend is like me, a long but your you, friend is fine, like, And she's gonna go to MIT, and you're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna, work, no, you're gonna work at the African Maybe? shop. Remember, he was know. working at the African shop. He was working at the. Oh, African was he? Shop. Oh, that's that like the worst. At least he got a new car that he, that he can't afford. Yeah. So that's sell that sperm, baby. <laughs> Just keep selling it. Twenty dollars a pop. <laughs> I love this place, man. I've never <laughs> been in my life, but I can't. I can't stop going back. Yeah. Well, do you guys have have? any ideas or any desires to remake this movie or do you think it should just be what you know, it is i you know i think that you can remake this movie keeping a lot of the structure mm-hmm. in place just rewriting everything just mm-hmm. just i think it could be as goofy like as I, it is it it can be but i think you just you can raise yeah. the stakes you can you can you can give characters like more interesting motivations and more interesting arcs and you can cut some stuff and, and give more for tea cake and change his damn name, name. you know, change his name. Um, But yeah, I, I think uh, you could, you could remake this movie in a way that actually would be funny and interesting and have it still be the same story. But also challenge your audience and challenge your characters. Yeah, and I think oh, what sure. I think what probably drew Whoopi and Ted Danson to it was was it well, a check. check a check and an opportunity <laughs> to make that on screen. Uh, but like honestly, I think what drew them to it was they had a weird sense of like racial humor. A, like a a very outlandish yeah. one, which sadly isn't represented. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think their sense of humor, of racial humor, was like in, incredibly correct <laughs> or anything. But I think they saw an opportunity to like play on those themes and stuff, and it just ended up being like this toothless movie that not isn't really even about that, other than a scene where Whoopi's like, "He's white, white, wow," and then like you know she drinks. Yeah, and that was what was in the trailer. Right. I mean, that was that that specifically was in the trailer. I can remember that because that's and then that's he rides around on an elephant. Yeah, what? Oh, and then you sell a bunch yeah. of cookie, put a bunch of cookie shots in there, and then call it a day and see how many people show up. You're gonna make me look up. This trailer. You're, you're gonna watch this trailer. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, oh, it's, so it's strange. It's strange. Um, it's because I know that it seems yeah, like they wanted right. to do it. Right? They had the idea, like, oh yeah. White father, black daughter, confusion ensues, right? No, for for the time, it's like the perfect kind of commercial anti-Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever came out the year before where it was like, 
Oh God! Really <laughs> had an, it had a had you know at least three really graphic yeah, sex movie's, scenes. The in movie's it. tough, and and so and this is yeah. like not that. This is like safe and soft. And it's an interracial relationship, but it's not really an interracial relationship. And they're biracial parents. Not really not at really all. Biracial parents. And, and so it doesn't offend anyone. And, like, you know, the sad thing is, in the long run, it also doesn't please him because, you know, years later, this movie means nothing. Jungle Fever is still talking about it, at least still relevant. relevant so. Yeah. 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 I watch I watch yes. Jungle Fever any day. Really? Is that when you go back to? Have you guys done? Have you done Jungle Fever? I <laughs> I, I I don't go back to it, but I said I I would watch it. Any day. There's, there's a <laughs> lot. Not. It's not my favorite Spike Lee movie, but I but I don't. Wait, I, would I that be crazy it. if that's the one that gets the criteria? I mean, he's already in Criterion. He's got like three in there, but that would be wild if that one is the it, one that they do. I bought it again recently because it just got released on um, Blu-ray, oh, shit. and um, I had a DVD of it. Um, it's a hard movie to get because it's never on streaming and all that. That's stuff. right. And I think it's important. It's important to keep physical media. I'm, I'm with that too. I'm, I'm getting that Malcolm X Criterion in November. Well, let's let's head mm-hmm. over to all of our favorite review sites so we can see what Made in America got. All around on IMDb, on Rotten Tomatoes, and on uh, our favorite Amazon.com. But we're going to start with with IMDb, which, as we all know, is on a on a point system. So, Darian, what do you think out of ten? Out of ten, I'm ten. Made in America, and they got uh, decimals. They got percentage, uh, decimal points. Um, I'm gonna say this is probably a seven point two. Okay. Cameron, what do you think? Seven's high. Seven's I know. High. That's not what I would give it, but that's what I think it is. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to say like 5.8. 5.8? It's got a 5.1 out of 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. 17,000 reviews. Uh, it, it, it's, it's cute. Like, that's the thing about it. It's cute. And there's like stuff that like my white friend's parents would definitely laugh at. But like, it made yeah. over $100 million. That's a, that's a that's huge amount of money in the 90s for a movie like that. That's still a huge amount of money. That's still a huge amount of money, honestly. It is for a movie of this size, but, you know, for a movie Marvel of this size, makes yeah. that in a weekend. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if we go over to Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do you think it currently has? 58. Yeah, um, damn, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it's positive. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna price is right. You, I'm gonna say sixty. <laughs> damn, thirty-three uh, percent. Oh, <laughs> is that the audience uh, score or the critic score? The critic score is thirty-three percent. The audience score is actually thirty percent. Wow. So, so they liked wow. it less. Uh, okay. Top review here for Roger Ebert. <laughs> Your boy. This is, this is a positive review. This isn't a great movie, but it sure is a nice one. I, so that's <laughs> I miss him. I miss him. I swear to God, he would he really ha- could like eviscerate your movie in a sentence if if he wanted to. If he so chose, yeah. he could literally be like yeah, it was nice. You know, that was like that was like a black mom review. It was a nice little movie. Yeah. <laughs> you may, you may. <laughs> 
<laughs> made a nice little movie over there. I don't know. Uh, what do you think on our absolute favorite Amazon.com made in America currently has out of five fives? Stars? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm a, I'm mad. I'm mad that it is probably five. Technically, 4.7 out of five. <laughs> but God damn. It, Eighty-two percent five-star reviews. Like, this movie played yeah. <laughs> from beginning to end. Well, here five you go, stars. Cameron. From Aaron Spelling, Ted Danson makes a lot of commercials with animals to sell cars. That's the the title of her review. And her review itself is: One day, an elephant follows Whoopi Goldberg's Belle on her bicycle, and Danson is riding the elephant. They travel through the streets and into a lake. This is a world romantic comedy. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> Did you say whirlwind? Uh, no, warm. a warm romantic oh. comedy. <laughs> whirlwind, my god! Wow. So that's that. That's a four star review warm. from Made in America. Uh, god damn! But we, <laughs> it's our turn to rank this movie on our caucasity ranking system. We've got three levels of caucasity, Darren. Uh, the first level is shorts in the winter, which, you know, currently we are in the time. It's starting to cool down. It's 60 here. degrees in New yeah. York, so it's, it's, yeah. it's okay now. But in two months. You know, but yeah, we all know the vibes. It's it's 20 degrees outside. You've got your North Face. You've got your, your goose down. You've got, you know, whatever else you got on. And here's Chad leaving the <laughs> bodega in shorts and uh, <laughs> with a, his Birkenstocks. With a bang energy drink. <laughs> No less. You know it. You know it's true. Or a yerba mate. Living his life like not a care in the world, not 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 a yeah. snowflake on the ground. Um, but this is it. This movie isn't hurting me. It's not doing any real damage. I'm just curious as to what's happening. Right? Like something happened here where clearly there were some you know mishaps along the way. So more of a curiosity than than of an actual offense. Cameron, what's the second level? Uh, the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. So now this movie has invaded your space. This movie wanted to take a stand. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie is, this is a violence now at this point. It's, it's like, okay, we didn't, we didn't ask for this. It's not necessarily like, doing ultimate damage to the culture or anything like that but it definitely yeah. is an offense yeah if hr took such a thing seriously it would be an hr meeting Boom. but probably probably not going to warrant it uh the third level of caucasity this week is <laughs> white people on halloween because they love blackface and they can't help themselves they can't ted danson ted danson having the flashback <laughs> if you look at the ted danson blackface picture it's like peak. He's bronze. Peak. Like he's not even like I, he couldn't even get the shoe polish out. I think he just put bronzer on his face. <sighs> and it's then, like makeup. It's like dark makeup. Yeah, it's a very weird. They probably you know, used maybe all not, of maybe one not, color and just smeared it. Yeah, um, but in Utah, a bunch of teenagers decided it would be a fun idea to dress in. Uh, just the the blackest face they could find, and and oh brother, where are their level like prison costumes? Uh, and walk around with I guess their other friends in police police costumes outfits, yeah. and uh, just hang out at Walmart. 
for everybody to come out and see what was yep. going on. Uh, and this is a, you know exactly what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you meant to do harm. The intention was to do harm. None of this is done with, with any, like, oops, I can, <laughs> who could have I, I, I didn't black know face. <laughs> prison costumes would be looked at this way in a Walmart. Come on. America. Uh, so this is this is the ultimate level of of caucasity. Where do you think Made in America lands? Uh, I would say it's touching my hair. I'm not going to go. I don't think it's at the ultimate. <laughs> I, I it's in <laughs> middle of the road, kind of. It's a middle of the road, inoffensive movie, and in, in that, the only offense that it does bring is that it doesn't try hard enough on its premise you know um Mm -hmm. it's safe and it's nice it's like ebert said it's just nice it's like bless this movie's (laughs) heart you know and uh (laughs) yeah yeah i i I don't think it's like the worst thing i've ever seen and and i and i uh, i could totally see like my mother watching this and you know but it's it's Mm-hmm. and saying it's not that right you know but it's not going to like sear my eyes out or anything you know there are yeah. sure the only like the only like real kind of white savior thing that happens really really is that after uh sarah gets hit by the car or whatever and Zora can't find her. She shows up at Ted Danson's house and she's like, I can't find my mother, blah, 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 blah. And then the first place they go is to the hospital. It's like, you didn't think to look at the hospital? Like, you've been, <laughs> like it took Ted Danson to be like, we'll she's the hospital. <laughs> and, the hospital. She's going, right. to, she's going so, to MIT, folks. So it was his idea that got them <laughs> to the hospital. But that's the only thing that he does that actually saves the day. It's a weird thing, but, you know, compared to like the help, it's inoffensive. Yeah. It's like whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> so, you know, this movie's harmless. It's just, it's goofy. And in today's, against today's paradigm, it's like this weird artifact of how we dealt with, you know, uh, interracial relationships and, and biracial children. And mm-hmm. so it's like a strange 90s time capsule of that, like, a, of like a society trying to normalize it, you know, trying to yeah, get people yeah. in middle America to be like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine if you're white and your <laughs> semen winds up in a black woman. It's going to be... Is there, they're going to... Hey, go they're going to be, whole, they're gonna be they, smart. You know, MIT takes black people too. Maybe not for much longer if they get rid of affirmative action, but, you know, oh, man. for now, yeah. yes. But it's also like weirdly in that conceit, it's also like, but he gets off and doesn't have to have no, anything. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like, oh man, close call there. Like biologically not yours. So you can kind of like just, you don't actually right. have to be here if you don't want to. Mm. Uh, Maybe they will have another <laughs> child. We don't know. Uh, we don't get into that. But it's also I, yeah. I don't I don't want to know. Uh, I don't want the sequel. They were close. You know, They're planning on it. He wants uh, something more really than he had with Jennifer <laughs> Tilly. We know that. So that's yeah. the sequel I want. That's the sequel. <laughs> 
Kevin, where do you think this movie um, is? If I'm going to be honest, I think this movie is honestly like like shorts in the shorts point five. Because it's like, it's toothless. Mm-hmm. It's not even, it doesn't really investigate the very thing that supposedly makes The Apprentice funny. Uh, a lot of scenes like end up being throwaway scenes, even though they're talking about the very subject at hand. Like it's, yeah. It, it honestly yeah. feels like I don't even know what movie was there when, you know, when a white person was attached to Whoopi's part or whatever <laughs> the situation was. Mm-hmm. But what white person do you think was going to be Whoopi Goldberg? Uh, 93. Comedy? Ooh. Meg Ryan was, was my a, guess. Yeah, Meg Ryan. <laughs> I was going to say Michelle Pfeiffer. And Probably still Ted Danson. Still Ted Danson. Danson. But. Why not? Oh, well, because he's, yeah, he's dating her. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Who who's Ted Danson level at that time? At that time, it's like <sighs> maybe like oh um Michael well, J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, like that dude. I mean, here's the thing: if if Michael Douglas is producer, I bet he was developing it for himself. Oh, it's Michael Douglas. So yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Michael Michael Douglas and Meg Ryan <laughs> made in America. Oh, I don't God. want that movie. I don't want that movie. Jesus. I want the movie starring me and Jennifer Tilly, and <laughs> no one gets to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is like boring and toothless, and doesn't even investigate the racism it wants to talk about. Uh, so, shorts point mm. five for me. Yeah. I want to give it touching my hair simply because I had to remember my password <laughs> and give the these motherfuckers got, <laughs> got But I I agree that is it's it's harmless. I think it's just infuriating yeah. in a lot of levels. Like because there there is a movie here that's possible, and more than that, there's a cast here, right? And like you get all these talented people together, and then you give them. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing to do. You know what I mean? Like no real, like so. I mean, Jennifer Tilly is trying. You know what I mean? And I think she's really like just like I'm gonna make a meal of whatever screen time. You yeah. Want. Well, she so, had like, the easiest role to every do that, every time. It's short, and it's like this yeah. kind of dynamic comic role that she could totally tear up for like the three minutes that she's on screen, and it's and right. it works perfectly. So yeah. Yeah, that's why she comes out looking great in this movie. Yeah. Everybody else is just kind of like struggling to like, Nia Long gets nothing. Not yeah. even comedy. Like, she doesn't really even have any. I felt bad for her, honestly, that... in the scene with the bear. Because <laughs> it's like such a hugely comic scene, right? The, even the conceit itself is like just otherworldly ridiculous, right. right? Doing a car commercial with a bear. I gotta sit next to the bear, but also the daughter is trying to tell you that you're her father, and so you gotta like work with that and try to make that wacky. And Nia Long is like playing it so straight it hurts, and to the point where she's crying at the end of the scene, which is you know fine, it's a choice, whatever, sure. But like the fact, it's almost like no one in that scene understands fully what movie they're in except for the bear <laughs> you know what i mean the bear yeah. knows. you know what i mean because like the comp no the, the bear is like i want to eat the shit <laughs> I'm gonna out eat. of everybody here i want i'm gonna eat yeah he got these the um schoolboy q gift. i'm gonna eat all right <laughs> but like 
it, it's just so strange because it's such like a high uh like a, like you said dynamic comedy and then it's like no one seems to know like how silly to take it or you know well because i don't think there's any space i think the movie is just kind of like flat yeah. across the board yeah purposefully. so you don't really get anything or any any room i mean will smith again i think they just said roll camera go. go will you know and he and he tried to do something but even then it just wasn't wasn't the yeah. right role for him so yeah i would say this this movie is a you know very very much a skippable passable you know like not even anything to really get yeah. upset about um unless you have to again pay <laughs> $3.99 to watch it on apple tv uh but <laughs> uh Darren, thank you so yeah, much for yeah thank you guys this for been great Give us, give us two things before you go. Give us uh, a movie that people should watch instead, and it doesn't have to be related to this. Anything uh, related to this? It could be the blast. I mean, awesome if there's a thing movie you watched or something you want to give a shout out to, okay. Um, and then tell everybody uh, where they can find you on the internet and on uh, okay, great. Uh, the what should you watch instead of this? I mean, I should probably watch another Whoopi Goldberg movie. So. <laughs> watch yeah. any other Whoopi Goldberg movie uh, what's the one where she's the cop in the future <laughs> with the, 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 they talk about Theodore Rex the Theodore yeah Rex. there you go Theodore the, movie, the movie that she got sued to make because she didn't want to make it <laughs> yeah, and they were like if you breach contract we're going to sue the hell I would you. say if you're going to watch anything watch one of uh, her one woman shows Oh yeah, she recorded at least two of them um, mm-hmm. She recorded the the Broadway one, and then she did another one that was like an HBO special called Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that that was what got her the color purple. Yeah, pretty much. That story is crazy. I yeah. I just heard that story somewhere about she did the show. Spielberg heard about it, but the show was over. Right. So they invited Spielberg to come to the theater to watch her do it right. just for him. Yeah. And then she got the role, pretty which much. is just like. And then, you know, rest is history. I mean, you know, Whoopi is one of the best who ever did it. And it's like, if, For real. You, if you see like those one woman shows, you, you really understand how and why yeah. she became a superstar in the 80s yeah. and why mm-hmm. she was so important to uh, African-American actors kind of breaking through uh, in yeah. a way that was not quite as stereotypical um as it was before she showed up on the scene um Mm -hmm. she and she doesn't get her due for that i think still so if um Mm -hmm. if you're gonna watch anything you know watch those original performances because i think they um they're pretty good and you can get them a variety of ways whether you can watch them visually they're also on on albums and so they're great nice um where you can see me next uh i don't know when this is going to go up but I'll be on uh, East New York on Sunday. Hey. And uh, you can watch that. Um, and I'm just doing that for as long as they have me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to finish my other projects. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're working on something, right? Yeah. Can I'm you work- talk about that? Or? Uh, I'm work- I'm finishing up a web series right now uh, called Pundits. That's about political pundits and love. And uh, <laughs> I just directed a a comedy special for a comedian in LA called uh, named uh, Anya Malik. We're going to be releasing awesome. that pretty soon. 
And uh, yeah, I'll be doing another feature next nice. year, but that I'm not talking Whoop. much about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if people want to find you on online, where can they they find you? You can find me at Dace Fat Cap D A S E F A T C A P on IG and uh, Twitter, and uh, those are probably your best bets. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, are we still on Twitter? Or are we all slowly migrating? Yeah, I have not used it in a while. <laughs> I do read it, but I I don't tweet very often, and and now it's like yuck. <laughs> might, might not get to soon. Yeah, Eesh. I'm not gonna pay for no uh, check. I I, I didn't even <laughs> they gave me a check and I didn't I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't ask for it. It's yeah. like, come on, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> you gotta pay to let them know that you're you. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it's okay. Boo. Uh, Cameron, anything you'd recommend, and where can people find you at? Um. Um, I was trying to think of like maybe another race comedy, but <laughs> I don't watch too many of those. I was gonna say, dig deep. I'm definitely digging. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah, watch. Uh, watch Malcolm X because it came out that year. <laughs> I didn't want to support it. That's right. So, so support. Support your boy, Malcolm X. Is, it's it's my favorite Spike Lee. Uh, it's an excellent film. Ted Dance is nowhere near it. So yeah, <laughs> um, check out check out Malcolm X. Why not? I'm an extra in Malcolm X. <laughs> Are you for real? Yes. God damn. It. Well, you want just we're just gonna start look looking for you and all. Where, where where are you in Malcolm X? Where can I look for you? Uh, it's in one of his Harlem Temple scenes. Um, I believe you wasn't, was... you wasn't there. Get my get your hand on my pocket. Well, first I there. tested for Malcolm X. I auditioned for Benjamin, and then I didn't get it. And uh, they originally were going to bring me in for like Young Malcolm, but then that role got written uh, out. So oh yeah, because you only see him as the boy in like yeah. the mm-hmm. two scenes, right? And then uh, I wound up as an extra in the scene where he's preaching and then he like sees shorty at the, in the temple. Yeah. So I'm in yes. there. I have okay. hair. So I know. Oh, that's, that's nice. not like 50 people in there. I could definitely. No, it's very, there, very probably. small crowd. You can point me out in there pretty easily. I'm sitting okay. right out in the aisle. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sense of a woman. <laughs> <not the most. laughs> Actually, I, we, we got our scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. I gotta talk. Oh, I, I, I'll save it for after. I tested for something pretty okay. cool that came out recently. So nice. Yeah, didn't happen though. As oh, you can, can see, we tell everybody where. <laughs> tell everybody where they can. Find oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can find me on uh, Twitter, maybe for you know the next couple months, <laughs> and IG yeah. at um, the Blipster eleven thirty eight. Follow me for the foolishness and mm-hmm. some stories, maybe in the future. Nice. Um, I would recommend season five of Fresh Prince because that's when Will Smith finally gets Neil. Hell yeah! Uh, so watch that. He's so as almost she like is so fine <laughs> in that season of Fresh Prince. Like, there's, I don't who no one is better than she is in that year of that, that show. I don't just, care. Just think about it as like the the unmade sequel to this movie where she uh, <laughs> is visiting him I from would, MIT. I would love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, 
And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. Uh, I've got comics coming soon, more Red Sonia comics coming soon in December, more comics coming after that uh, in the following year. So be on the lookout for that. You can find us on white underscore pod on Twitter for now. We're exploring other options just in case things get <laughs> dicey out there, which they probably will. I mean, how how much how much more can nigger go up in the algorithms? We'll find we'll out. We'll find out. <laughs> Jeez. On Elon fucking around. Uh, and so <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Elon's forty four billion dollar trash fire. <laughs> Um, but we will also be around if you want to reach out to us at our email, white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to reach out to us there. Yeah. Be sure to rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Tell people about us, spread the word of mouth, all that good stuff. And we'll be back next week with more podcasts. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.